This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is the returning Cody Quistad, guitarist of Wage War. Um, this was a real fun, loose chat with uh, Cody. Um, didn't, you know, have a whole lot to necessarily talk about because the record at the time of us talking uh, wasn't coming out for a hot minute and had recently started the tour with Beartooth, which my wife and I had seen in Atlanta, as well as uh, eventually going to see it uh, at the end date uh, here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, I got to say, it's it's really interesting, like having seen Wage War uh, quite a bit over the last couple of years, uh, over the last two, two and a half album cycles or so. Uh, it's been interesting to see kind of the growth of the band, really, and just kind of see them kind of going from that, like, you know, second or first or second of four uh, package tour band to kind of having a couple of singles that really push them, uh, having really great sets at Sonic Temple, you know, Louder Than Life and a few others, and just getting on really good tours that kind of really broke the band uh, into a bigger stratosphere at this point. And Cody himself has actually been kind of doing the same with his songwriting, you know, as you'll kind of hear us talking uh, in this chat, you know, he ends up uh, talking about moving to Nashville, kind of being a part of just the song. I don't want to call it a guild necessarily, but being kind of one of many songwriters uh, who do things beyond just the band they're in. And, you know, just kind of the career that you're able to uh, kind of carve out for yourself at that point. And, you know, it's really interesting. I think uh, I saw a comment recently and I, I <laughs> kind of laughed at it, but I really agreed with it. Uh, and it was basically that Cody has one of the best clean singing live voices uh, in the genre. And I kind of thought about it for a minute and I was like, yeah, I actually do really agree with that. And, you know, I can, I can think of a lot of different clean vocalists in bands, but I do think uh, for as much as I've seen Cody, you know, like I said, you know, on these tours, kind of singing a lot of the sets and stuff like that, and even playing in different environments, uh, his voice is always really, really good, like pretty spot on. And it's one of those where uh, I think it's just an attestment to uh, the work he does, uh, being a great vocalist and, and just the care that he takes for his voice. Uh, it was funny. Like I said, we got the last show here in Grand Rapids of that Wage War Beartooth tour. And at the end of Beartooth set a couple of times, um, I know Cody came out to do some guest vocals. I know uh Britain from Wage War came out and did a song and it was really funny though because Cody came out and I forget what song it was but he came out to do a, a like a, a harsh vocal and uh, it was one of those things where you know it could have been just that's not necessarily Cody's bag uh, in his bag of tricks I should say um, but it was 
fun that you could tell that Cody was having fun doing it, that the Beartooth camp was having fun with it. Um, you know, I, I always strongly encourage if you can to go see one of the last dates of a tour because the tour pranks and so forth are, are usually worth it. Um, speaking of worth it, I'm going to try a beer that a friend of mine got me. It is a co-op or coupe. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Ale Works. It is a Hook Echo Hazy IPA. Um, the can looks really interesting. It looks like if I were to have just made some random beer myself, have it in a very nondescript can and then just wrote on what it was with Sharpie. <laughs> so I don't necessarily know that this is uh, indicative of how the beer is going to taste, but here we go. That's interesting. <clears throat> it. I'm going to take another sip. So what's interesting about it is you get this, this really, really like citrusy, sweet flavor in the front end of it. And then you get this like IPA kind of, you know, the hazy IPA back end flavor, the kind of little bit of the bitterness and so forth. It's a, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting beer. I'm going to have to look it up and, and kind of learn more about this, uh, this brewery and so forth, but it's been sitting in my fridge for a while. It's one of the few 12 ounce cans I actually have. So it makes it easier to drink than a lot of these 16 to 32 ounce beers I have where I'm like, do I really want to get into that one right now? And the answer is usually no. <laughs> but speaking of something I do want to get into, let's get into my conversation with Cody, and I will talk to you all on the other side of it. To what Virginia? Uh, no, we're headed to Chicago, actually. Chicago, that's right. Damn it, I forgot. I was gonna say because I, I know I. So I went and actually saw you when, on my trip in Atlanta and got to finally go to the Masquerade, which uh, awesome. cool, cool venue. Uh, terrible sight lines though, if you aren't like six foot something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess that one does have the second story, but yeah, you might be in a bad spot if uh, if you're not in the taller crowd i was not so i stayed pretty much far back over by like where the merch area was um but still could see but it was just like it was funny because my wife and i were like oh let's try to like sneak our like not sneak is a a bad word but like try to get up closer and then you get to about probably five feet in front of the sound booth uh like where the mixing guy is and it was like another like 10 15 degrees hotter and i was like no i'm good yeah i'll just listen <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, I'll watch and listen from afar and then we literally bought tickets for the uh grand rapids date here where i live um oh amazing so now we'll actually get to see it this time because uh the venue there has a, a little bit wider of a, a room so you can actually see a little bit better everywhere yeah i don't think we've had the it's like the 20 monroe live is that what it's called yeah now it's the so a, a casino a, around here bought it uh, or the name to it or something. I don't know what they've done. This will actually be my first show at the venue since they've uh, changed names. So I don't know if they've changed anything else about the venue at all, but it, it's a really nice room. Uh, I think it's it's very similar, actually, to the Masquerade as far as like how it's kind of open floor and then you have the, the spots up above you. So Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It'll be the last show of the tour for us, too. So Yeah, that was a party. That was a weird one. Do you have any, uh, I don't want to ruin the surprise necessarily. Do you have any tour pranks ready for last day of tour, uh, ready and kind of getting geared up? Uh, we do. Um, but I really don't want to spoil it, but it will, (laughs) it it will be worth staying through the entirety of the show for sure. What, uh, what has been one of your favorite end of tour pranks? Um, we really, we don't really prank that much. Uh, I guess we've been pranked a couple times. Um, there was a, one of the first tours we ever did. Um, all of the bands got on stage while we were performing and pulled out a table, cereal and milk, and just ate cereal on stage <laughs> while, we were, while we were playing. So that was pretty funny. But um, we haven't really been a part of that many uh, pranks. I feel like that's always like, – I, I don't know if it's just maybe an antiquated uh... – exchange basically of tour pranking like usually there's kind of like i hear of like the first day kind of like just bullshitting with people and then there's always the last day of tour 
Uh, like I know my friend Mark from Nothing More, he when they were on tour with Ghost, he was like, our last day we came out during their set in Ghostbusters outfits. And he goes, we thought it was funny, but I don't think the band necessarily understood it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see how that could go south for sure. <laughs> I think one time, I don't remember who we, either we put Vaseline on someone's van handles or they put it on ours. I don't remember. One of the two. I think uh, another good one I saw was uh, my friends in Rivals. They uh, were on tour with New Year's Day. They played the stash here in town with uh, New Year's Day. And they came out with all of the tr- uh, their like trailers, tires from New Year's Day and just were like bouncing on them in the middle of the pit and the floor. <laughs> with New Year's Day's tires? Yes. Oh, my goodness. But I was like, that's. It's pretty advent. That's a pretty adventurous prank because that also would take a while to to put them back on. Yeah, that's how you burn a bridge right there. <laughs> they seem to take it all in stride, but um, you know the. I don't typically like doing like the normal press junket thing where I'm like, oh, so tell me about the new record and, and all those kind of things because that I mean you're gonna do a shitload of those uh, if you haven't already. So this is more just a, a fun conversation, uh, as it were. Um, I was kind of surprised uh, to not see you wearing your Hillians uh, cut while you were on tour. Yeah, uh, I did that all last tour in uh, 2019. So I, uh, yeah, given the time of year, I just felt like it was probably more of a t-shirt show. (laughs) Are you going to, I'm trying to think, you guys haven't announced a tour after this that I'm aware of. So we maybe will see a different iteration of it. Will you have a different one maybe that you'll wear some new new uh, branded Hillians merch? I, I would like to. I'm, I'm trying to get Maddie to wear his on stage, too. Oh, uh, he probably won't do that. <laughs> I'll get him to do it. Well, it's like we I had Maddie on a little while ago and just posted the episode, I think, about two weeks ago now. And pretty much most of it was just talking about like, just kind of the interesting scene you guys literally have as neighbors, you know, like, yeah. you know, you guys all getting together in this, just the sense of community, even outside of the musical sense of community that you guys all are a part of. And I know you're, are you from Nashville or did you move there too? No, I moved there too. I'm, I'm from Florida. Okay. That's what I thought. I was gonna say, I thought you were from like the Ocala area. Um, well, how have you found Nashville to be, uh, especially since it seems to be where so many singer songwriter, artists and just creative people are all going and, and just kind of this merging of creativity in such a small area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that has, I mean, I moved there in 2018 for songwriting and that is, um, and it's worked out for me and I've been able to, you know, secure a publishing deal and, um, you know, been able to be a part of a lot of great rides. And, uh, last year was honestly very helpful in that because I got to be home so much. Uh, and then I found, you know, a incredible community of people uh matt being one of the ones in there my best friend since childhood or since you know being a kid moved up there i mean i've got so many friends that uh that have just become family to me um so and that really makes it I mean, you can you can live anywhere with a group of people like that but it really just locks it in when it happens to be the place that i've always wanted to live so what is it about nashville that's always inspired you to want to live there uh, I, I think it's just the music base of it. My dad took my family on a work trip when I was probably like 12, uh, mm-hmm. and I just absolutely loved it. And I just haven't stopped talking about it since. And I was like, well, I need to get out of Ocala. Uh, and <laughs> Nashville is definitely looking nice. So We are, my wife and I are going there in December. I haven't been in probably a good 12 or 15 years uh, so I'm excited to go and just kind of see how much has changed. Cause I know the time I went before that was doing like a, you know, like the grace, like the Memphis Nashville kind of whole thing with my yeah. extended family and doing like a big trip, but I was like eight or nine. So it's right. like, can't really do anything. And I don't have much memories of it other than going to Graceland and staying in the smoky mountains in like an executive home for like a week. But beyond that, it's like, when I last went, I was really surprised at just almost like it's like a Southern Las Vegas. If I could kind of put a spin on it where it's just like, there's always something going on. The city doesn't seem to sleep. And I'm really excited to now that I'm a little bit older, really kind of just explore the city and just kind of see like what it has to offer, you know, an almost 40 year old now at this point. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, they don't call it Nash Vegas for nothing. <laughs> is that really a thing? Oh, yeah. Nash Vegas is a whole They've got T-shirts and everything. Well, see, I, I thought I was being, you know, in an innovator here by being like, oh, it's like the Las Vegas of the South. And I guess I'm not. And you are. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a great point here. Just uh, you're a little bit behind someone else's thought, but you had the brain that thought of it. And it is a it is a profitable T-shirt company. So you just missed the mark <laughs> by a couple of years. Well, I uh, will have to come up with a, a better, bigger slogan for, for Nashville for something down the road. But um, what are what are some fun things that like when you first went there, what are uh, some really fun things that kind of gravitated you toward, you know, exploring the city. Like, you know, cause at this point I love talking to people who are local somewhere and going right. like, let me like, give me some places to go to check out some local flavor. That's not a touristy spot. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on what you like to, to do. You know, obviously uh, Nashville is a drinking town. So uh, there's a lot of places to drink if you're into that. Um, a lot of cool hall of fame, Johnny cash museum. Uh, I know these are all touristy things, but they are some of the cooler things to me. Um, there's a lot of great hiking around there. Um, there's a lot of great places to kayak. Um, we go to a place called the Duck River, a little bit south of, uh, of Nashville, and that's where my crew kind of goes. And uh, We have a great time out there. There's Percy Priest. You can rent pontoon boats and have a blast out there. Um, you know, as far as, you know, bars and nightlife go, like, I'm not a big Broadway fan, Uh which is just kind of one of those things that you adopt as you live there. Cause you know, your friends come in town and they're like, Oh, we want to go down Broadway. And you're just like, ah, probably not, but I guess I'll go. <laughs> is so, Broadway like the Nashville equivalent of like bourbon street? Yeah. It's, it's the strip. It's got, I okay. mean, it's, it's great for music. It's just, you know, it's great for music and drinking, but the, uh, there's just always so many people. Uh, it just is a absolute chore to get down and then get out of there and, you know, however you choose to do that. So, I mean, there's a lot of great uh, hangout spots in East Nashville. Uh, you know, Crying Wolf is a great one. Pearl Diver is a great one. Um, a lot of great food. Um, you know, hot chicken, Hattie B's, Pepper Fire Princes. There's just, there's literally so much stuff. It's funny. I was uh, messaging with Maddie the other day because I was in Atlanta. Like, as I just said, I was in Atlanta. And so I was making the comment about being at Hattie B's down there because it's the spot I always go to. Um but it's funny because like Atlanta is sort of my Nashville for you. Yeah. So like whenever I go, it's like, okay, I got to hit this spot. got to hit this spot. got to hit this spot. And then like now we're getting to the point. Cause like even uh, Andrew from ghost inside was posting when they were playing, I think blue Ridge rock fest or whatever that one was um, that he was at a cookout burgers. And I was like, what's that? Like had never heard of it. And he was like, Oh dude, you got to go. And then as we landed and we're going to our Airbnb in Atlanta, like literally across the street was a cookout. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, look what's literally across the street from me. And he goes, okay. So like, no lie. You got to go. This is what you get. Like, this is how you do it. Right. And it's just like, okay. Like it's funny in talking to so many and befriending so many band people is like, you're just like, okay, dude, I'm in this area. What do I have to hit? What, what are the go-to spots to eat? Like, you know, just cause yeah. you all know you've put in the legwork for us essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Cookout riffs, by the way. You you really got to do it to them there. It's the I didn't fo- get to, sadly. It's the most food you'll get for the smallest amount of money, guaranteed. I mean, it it looked good based on all the photos I saw. I was I waited in line for like ten minutes when they were open, and no one even acknowledged me. And I was like, "All right, well, I got a flight to catch, so I got to go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that definitely might happen at a cookout for sure. <laughs> well good to know that that my my one and only experience i guess is almost on par with what you can expect there to a degree yeah it's kind of like maybe eating at like a dick's last resort or yeah what's those other ones like a Pramati bros or something hmm. what uh you know like it was kind of interesting like having i haven't seen you guys since you did the headline tour at the intersection a couple years ago it, and it feels like so much longer due to the pandemic basically right. uh, allowing no one to play and going to no shows but it was kind of interesting to see how well the new songs have gone over because I, I personally don't really feel like the last record is so old that you shouldn't really still be supporting that so i was surprised to see the couple songs in the set that are the new ones that people are just like already ready for it already know the lyrics and everything and it was just like Man, like I, you just don't really. I don't feel like you see that as much anymore. Where the like, people are so excited about the new material, like a lot of times it seems that's the the quote unquote bathroom song. Like, have it yeah. has it been like that the whole tour for you guys? 
Dude, it's been really cool. Um, you know, pressure kind of got, uh, you know, screwed out of its time just because of, you know, the pandemic. And, you know, normally, like, album cycles run 14 to 16 months. We put out pressure in August of 2019, and then Manic is coming out in October of 2021. So timetable-wise, it's correct. But, yeah, support-wise, right. like, you know, there's a lot of great songs on pressure that will, you know, never get the proper attention, whether it's, be you know music videos or you know radio or whatever it might be like there's a lot of uh missed um missed opportunities there but you know i mean the, i think the name of the game is just always onward and you know as a band we're always trying to be get better and write better songs and i feel like we really did all of that on the new album so um i was kind of the one leading the charge i'm just like new material new material new material it's <laughs> like i had all this time to just like sit at home and and write and i was just like you know, it's like, oh, you guys think pressure is good? Wait till you hear this. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, I, I feel like that's kind of an interesting thing. And you know, I, was just, I just literally right before we did this one, did a, a chat with Marco from Sugar Colt, and you know, we we're talking about twenty years of their first record, Start Static, and you know, we were kind of talking about how there's this whole uh, concept of us as musicians, music fans, whatever, where we collect things whether they be records or pieces of you know merch or whatever and they sort of become these snapshots of time but we sort of are historians to a degree too of kind of these different facets or phases of our lives i should say and so it's interesting kind of thinking about this new record because you know having done this podcast for a little over five years it's one where it's like, you know, when I would do the traditional like, OK, like, tell me about the new record and, da, 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 and try to find interesting ways to, you know, make that fun for you. It becomes interesting talking about something that you worked on two years ago and have kind of already run its course of the life for you other than now just playing it out. But right. what like the things that like right now, the things that you're going through are currently inspiring whatever you're already currently writing and that you're excited about now but we're not going to get to hear that for probably another year and a half to two years. And so we're always perpetually behind you as the artist because you're, you're still excited about the new thing, but I'm sure you're still equally more excited about the things that you're currently coming up with that have you excited to put out the next record or start writing the next record. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I've never really thought about it like that. There's always like a two year lag and like, uh, especially the way that I like to approach records with like records being yearbooks of like how, you know, like lyrically it's like all right well here's you know life over the past two years you know what i mean it's been different every record and the first record you know we were all young and positive and just like you know everything's gonna be okay and then <laughs> you know the second record was just you know utter heartbreak and like so dark and emotional and then the third record like you know we had like two months to do it so we were just kind of like in this weird spot of pressure and like we you know kind of really liked everything we've done on deadwood but knew that we needed to grow for ourselves and um you know put together that record and then you know this record we've had a year and a half to to write in the middle of one of the most devastating times in all of you know entertainment industry now let alone like all of our lives in the world essentially so um it's crazy how that all is gonna kind of come into effect and um, you know, I mean, granted, we're still kind of in COVID, I guess. Like, yeah, it's definitely not gone away. So, no. Uh, and and the record is not a COVID record by any means. Like, it's I intentionally did not want it to be like, you know, the song titles are like quarantine. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> pandemic and uh, you know stuff like epidemic and stuff like that. So it's definitely about a lot of the emotional emotions and head spaces that were gone through in the in the last year and a half or so but uh i definitely did my my best to not make it a covid record you know something as you're kind of talking about how you you purposely did want to make it a record in i don't want to say inspired by that's not really the way i want to say it um brought on because of why you found yourself with this amount of time to write this record you know, something that I've been kind of finding interesting just to kind of talk through a little bit and, you know, maybe for those that will listen to this, they themselves can kind of help maybe work through some things, too. What is something that with the extra time that you had to, you know, be home? What is some what are some things that you maybe learned about 
yourself in this downtime to to actually become a better person or a more of a who you would like to be uh yeah that's a that's an interesting question um you know obviously a lot of people had time to you know dive into their uh dive into themselves last year and you know had a lot of alone time which means there's a lot of time to think which can be a blessing and a curse um and you know i just kind of figured some things out about me and and like being a people person and you know i'm i'm someone that really thrives on human interaction so you're like last year um could you know potentially be a very bad year for me thankfully i have roommates that are my best friends and you know my my best friends all live in about a 10 mile radius so um um so yeah so it, you know I, I think i learned a lot about myself in that and then also that you know maybe there's some things that still need to kind of be addressed um so yeah was, and there's songs on the record about that the first song relapse is kind of about that where it's just like thinking that you got everything you know in a good spot and then um you know you get this time where you're like alone and um you know all of a sudden it's like all of these things that you thought you've dealt with like kind of come back to the surface so um, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, that's a loaded question, but, um, I think there was a lot of things that just kind of came to the surface that it's just like, ah, maybe that's not as over as I thought it was. Well, I think that was kind of an interesting thing is like, you know, something I kind of realized was really helpful for me was actually having this podcast. Like, you know, you saw a lot more podcasts start popping up or a lot more people getting ancillary hobbies because they just found themselves with so much time. And it was one of those, like the one thing, and it's actually the main impetus of why I started this was to have that connection, kind of a long, long form, basically, of having a conversation with somebody because we as a society really don't do that anymore. Like, you know, too often times, like you may not see someone for four months, but because of social media, you're able to see what they do all the time. So by the time you actually sit down with them, they start telling you something. You're like, yeah, I already know that. And so, like, right. you start going through this weird thing where you're like, well, I want to hang out with you, but I also know everything that's happened to you without being having you tell me it or being a part of it. So how do we build a connection? How do we keep making the, the human connection happen? And so that was the one thing that was really nice during the pandemic for me is I still had this as an outlet to to essentially talk to people and be social. But I realized a lot of people don't have that. And that's where you started seeing a lot more people doing, you know, Zoom, you know, meetings and so forth and, and kind of getting that connectivity back. And so I think that's been something that's been interesting to me and, and kind of talking to some of like people like yourself. that's a creative, but where maybe the creativity thrives on being with someone else in the room and, and just kind of tossing ideas back and forth where maybe you've lost some of that. And then it kind of really you know, puts you kind of in a different headspace or makes you kind of re like you said, reevaluate just kind of what's important, what's not. Or as I kind of learned too, the people that you thought were your rider dies and they don't even reach out to you. And you're like, I guess we're not as close or our friendship isn't really as strong as I thought it was. Interestingly enough. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of like kind of true colors shown last year in, in a way. <clears throat> Sorry, swallow that <laughs> swallow that water wrong. Um by the way, I no one had told me, do you have other press right behind me at all? Uh, I just suddenly realized that. I, I do not know. I can check though. Okay, because I was like realizing I was like we're approaching almost a half hour, but I wanted to make sure I didn't keep you longer than I maybe should have. Let me ask real quick. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. I, I have had that happen to me plenty of times, so I always try to be cognizant of it if I can be. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, something when talking with Maddie, because, you know, he had talked about and through his Instagram stories was very uh, vocal, I guess, or presenting that, you know, he was working on this new home studio. And even when we had talked, you know, I was kind of mentioning, like, you know, having – 
all the different friends you do that are, you know, multi-instrumentalists, write songs and so forth, you know, how is it having something, a space where you can literally just go and start writing when an idea comes into play? And, you know, like that was kind of how the Hillian song came about, as he was saying. But I would assume someone like yourself who probably has a studio in your place as well, or at least access to Maddie's, what is what are some of the things that maybe you did for just fun during this pandemic that maybe isn't released yet, but might be down the road? Like, is there maybe like a solo kind of record or just a collection of fun things that you've been working on that aren't going to be wage war or anything else? Um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely been working on uh, solo stuff for a while. My problem is I just don't know where I want to go with it because there's just so many different avenues and kind of songs that are written and, you know, styles of music that I like that I haven't really settled on like what it is yet. But uh, I got to write with a bunch of friends last year as well. Um, I got to write with my buddies in Lakeview. Uh, I wrote with my friend Quint. Um, you know, I got to write with some, some great, uh, even like bands in this scene. Uh, you know, I got to work with Memphis on um, on their, some of their new stuff. And then um, other stuff that I think is not announced yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got to do a lot of other other cool things besides Wage War last year, which was um, which was super cool. Um, so that kind of kept me busy last year and kept me growing, you know, as a as an art or a songwriter more than anything. Could with there being kind of the, I guess, lack of a cohesive direction, do you find that that actually would inspire you a little bit more to maybe do a like a series of EPs or something like that? Like, and kind of a, a way that. I'm kind of processing the question a little bit is so the other day I saw that Halsey had tweeted that what she wants to do is create like a collection of EPs essentially based on her already recorded output, but create them based on moods that they have kind of all fit into. So instead of it being like, here's the record, it kind of has the lulls, peaks and valleys, these seven songs create this vibe and we'll call it blank is that maybe something that with your music that you haven't released that you might be able to do where it's like this small collection is inspired by this, we'll call it whatever. And then just collectively release it over time to showcase the the full width of what you do. Uh, That definitely could be a cool idea. I mean, I know, uh, you know, there's an artist, John Foreman, who used to sing for, or still isn't Switchfoot. Um, he had like a summer, winter, fall, spring EP collection that was all like the winter songs were sad and then the, you know, kind of thing like that. So I think it's a, it's a great idea. I've just never really dove, dove that far into it for myself yet. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's a great idea. It's definitely worth exploring for sure. I just think it's it's interesting, the idea of trying trying to, to do something that's a little bit different. I mean, at this point, I hate to be like the old guy that's like, oh, I've seen and seen it all and, and how it has to go. But I feel like the music industry is just in this really interesting phase where, you know, you look at a band and, and I constantly bring them up, but like you look at a band like Bring Me who kind of has bucked the traditional way of releasing music that kind of almost gone more of the, the pop and hip hop kind of thing where it's like, here's an EP or a mixtape or a single even, and then you drop that and they're very much like, yeah, this is just kind of a snapshot of right now and stuff we liked. And you may not like this one, but we'll have some come out in another couple months and maybe you'll love that. And just being unafraid to just kind of be an artist in the truest sense and just kind of put out as much of your art as possible. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely where music's headed. And that's where I'd like to take our band too, is like more of a single format. You know, records are cool, but I just feel like they don't get the attention they deserve anymore because everything's about playlisting and no one's actually buying records, so no one gets to see the art. And then it's just kind of like the whole format is changing. And then if you can keep dropping singles, it's just like keep staying the, you know, stay in the spotlight where it's like, all right, well, this band put out a record and I love it, but I listened to it for three weeks and now I'm looking for the next thing. And then it's like, well, if your band is always the next thing like it's a smart way to do it you know and bring me sense obviously they can just do about anything and it'd be great so you know they just put out like a, a pop i don't know what do they call it they called it like dark emo or something I, I think there was some kind yeah, of yeah something like that some dark kind of pop yeah name dark there was some kind of name that they attached to it and it's just like everyone loves it so it's like all right well this rips and then like that last thing they did with like parasite eve which is like super heavy for them and i don't know yeah i mean it's just kind of you know they're 
they're doing it right. And, uh, you know, they've always been a trendsetter for our scene and, uh, and they just continue to be that. So. Well, that's actually kind of a good, an interesting talking point to a degree too, is like, you know, you, you talk about, you know, bring me is still a part of your scene. And then you even have like a day to remember with what they just did on their last record. And, you know, they are, you know, huge, uh, even beyond just the scene, like as far as the opportunities they get for a lot of other things, you know, getting to tour with Blink-182 a couple years ago and kind of crossing over just like Bring Me has. Does does something like that, I don't want to say gives you guys permission, but does it make you start thinking a little bit beyond your scene? Yeah, I mean, I think always, that's always been the goal is like, you know, like we are a heavy band, and I don't think that's anything that we're ever going to abandon because uh, it's what we're good at and it's what we started. But like to have the songs that can reach new fans and new types of people, and especially with how, you know, genres are just like not even a thing anymore. Like everyone's just kind of crossing and weaving in and out of things. Like I think that's always the goal is to, you know, be be bigger than just a, a genre or subgenre. Like is to, to you know make music that you feel is you know true to you and as, as an artist and then also just making stuff that you want to make you know what i mean like you know we play i mean before this year you know we we're playing you know 200 300 shows a year and you know we play the same songs every night and like writing the same song over and over again is gonna get real old real fast so <laughs> you know being able to have songs that are diversified and you know not just the same thing every record you know what i mean and having like the growth songs and like you know if we're gonna push the heavy envelope like finding a new way to make a song heavier you know what i mean like that's that's all stuff that's important to me and like important to us and like the livelihood of like staying in a band you know what i mean with kind of more of your songwriting side and and i don't know if you do a lot of producing itself um are you one that like has doing what you do kind of I don't want to say ruined music for you, but are you able to listen to it and have joy in listening to it? Or has it become a thing where you start deconstructing songs going, Oh, that's really cool. How they put this structure here. Or they did this or that, you know, whatever, like, are you still able to enjoy music the way you used to for lack of a better term? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a massive music fan. I literally am always listening to music in the car, uh, do, literally doing anything. I'll have my AirPods and just listening to music. So, um, I think it, I, I still do like deconstruct because I like to figure out what things are, what they're doing that I like so much. Um, but no, I'm still a big music lover and I still definitely get that magic feeling a lot. So it's, it's funny. Cause like having been in a few different facets of the industry, whether it be, you know, having been in a band like for a little bit, but then booking shows, like booking shows was great until I saw too much behind the curtain. And now when I go to shows, I'm like, all right, so this is an 1800 cap room, roughly at this cost. Da da da. Package tour probably cost this. The venue, like, you know, I'm breaking down all the numbers, and it's just like, that sucks. Like, I wish I didn't have that that knowledge or that brain in me to do it that way. So sometimes I wonder if the adverse is the same. Um, you know, I, I having friends that tour a lot of times they're like, I don't go to shows, I don't really like listening to music really beyond certain bands that I used to listen to before I was in these bands. And so it's just kind of interesting to hear that, you know, everyone's like, Oh, the dream is always to to tour and to do all these things. But I think the talking point that a lot of people don't really bring up is sometimes it ruins sort of your fandom of the thing that you were so passionate about that it made you start your own band. So I always kind of find that to be an interesting talking point on occasion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the live show thing definitely like once you've seen behind the curtain, like, it can it can be a little hard to get that fire back, but I mean, we still, you know, I can still go to a show and feel the magic for sure. It's just kind of about the perspective and mindset that you walk in with. Absolutely, that's a good point. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Are, it's it's weird because I try not to bring up like social media stuff too too much because some of, some of that becomes a little outdated after the fact. But it, let's try to remember. Are, are you you're a football fan, aren't you? Or no? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'll watch it, but it's, it's not my thing. Okay. I, for some reason I thought you were, and were a Titans fan or whatever. And I was about to be like, man, like this season's kind of been really interesting already. Like just with a lot of stuff that's been going on, but I'll save you the, uh, the talk of <laughs> sport. <you're not> <laughs> <into>. <laughs> um, 
I guess it kind of been wrapping up a little bit though. Um, you know, with this tour, you know, I, I've, that show in Atlanta was my fourth show. The only other events I'd really gone to were a festival here in GR that had like, you know, pop or not Papa Rocha, Rob Zombie and stuff of that nature. Then going to the Chicago uh, Kanye West listening events for Donda and then knocked loose at a small club. And then basically you guys at the masquerade. And what's been interesting in kind of going slowly, getting back into going to live shows and kind of having experienced the big festival of, you know, a stadium size show and then going to a small club and then kind of that in between spot that, you know, your tour is hitting. It's been interesting to just kind of see how everyone's kind of getting reacclimated to everything. And I've kind of been asking slightly uh, to some of the people who are back on the road, how has it been for you guys kind of getting reacclimated? I know a lot of tours are basically in a bubble. Uh, you guys don't really get to possibly even interact with the other bands that you're on tour with. Um, so how has this experience been for you in light of being home for basically a year and having to kind of essentially quarantine at home, but now doing it on the road as well? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an adjustment period for it. And it's kind of the price you pay for, you know, for being able to do this again. And I think that anyone would gladly pay it, you know what I mean, to be able to have music back. So um, it's definitely like a new normal. And, you know, I hope that it won't always be this way, but this is what we need to do to keep you know shows going now like i'm i'm definitely here for it and uh you know it's kind of different every day on you know restrictions and um mandates and things like that so it's just kind of rolling with the punches and, and figuring out um you know what the uh what the deal is but i mean it's it's definitely been a blast um but you know like i said it's just it's certainly not the same but we're out here making the most of it for sure in as kind of trying to figure out my way through this. Um, Cause I feel like going out on the road, the whole kind of perk of being on the road is, is essentially getting to, to see and experience all these things, you know, sort of as we were talking about earlier. And I feel like going out on the road and having to be confined to basically your group, um, excuse me, uh, your group, and then not really getting to do much else. I feel like would just be, a really interesting way to tour. Like, I feel like it takes away a lot of what makes touring touring. Um, what, what's been one of the more interesting things of traversing this being one of the first bands out? Like, are you getting hit up by a lot of other peers that are like, Hey, how are you guys doing this? You've basically made it the whole tour, knock on wood, no cancellations, no, no issues. Uh, are you are you getting a lot of, are you having to give a lot of advice or maybe just, you know, how to navigate this since you're one of the first, the pioneers kind of, I guess, of going back to touring? Uh, yeah, definitely. We've, we've definitely been hit up by quite a few bands that are now out on the road, um, but kind of waiting to see how we did it. Obviously, this is, we have four shows left. And um, again, knock on wood, I think, you know, everything looks like the tour will have done a full completed run, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've definitely been hit up about how we did things and, you know, it, it seemingly has worked. So maybe we're, you know, history books, you know what I mean? <laughs> are you, uh, what are you looking forward to most? You know, I know a lot of people were anxious to get back on the road. You, do you have that same feeling that a lot of people do when a tour is done where you're like, I'm ready to go back home, ready to like, do you still have that same feelings as you normally would or are you just champing at the bit to basically just stay out on the road since you've been home for so long uh it's kind of a double-edged sword i left my house on july 31st so i've been gone for almost two months um having the best time on this tour and this is legitimately one of our favorite tours we've ever done but i am definitely excited to sleep in a stationary bed and uh, <laughs> eat a home-cooked meal and you know kind of be able to live life again you know what i mean what is is there a go to meal when you're done like on your last day of tour you get home is there like a, a go to spot or meal that you're like all right I've been waiting for counting down the days till I can get this like what is it uh, I mean for me it's gonna be when Matt throws uh throws a brisket on the trigger that's gonna be it for me you I know he said that you got something I don't remember if it was a grill or if you got a smoker or something when we talked but did you bring anything out on the road with you to kind of 
do that on the road at least to kind of have a little bit of a sense of camaraderie? Uh, we didn't, but Beartooth has uh, one of those like mini Blackstones, so we've been growing like, growing up beasts on that for sure. I feel like that's it's interesting to to kind of see like that one thing that I feel like Warp Tour was really big on, which is the community and, and even doing those you know nightly barbecues and so forth. That I feel like it's cool to see some of you guys now kind of bringing that onto tours, where I don't really feel like maybe that was a thing that some of the older the older generation of bands was kind of doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of a, a uh, you know, it's an outside activity that you can do after a show and hang out with the other bands. And it's not like everyone's on, up on each other's buses and stuff. It's kind of, you know, outside. We brought cornhole with us and then, you know, they have the grill. So between that, we just have a good old time. <laughs> well, thank you again for uh, taking the time. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug online or anything uh, to kind of wrap up? Uh, new album, Man, comes out October 1st. We're really, really proud of it, and uh, we've got three singles out right now: "High Horse," "Circle of Train," and "Teeth." Find them all wherever you decide to listen to music from. And uh, thank you for having me. By the way, you just reminded me of something. Did anyone else think that you had covered that Katy Perry song by chance? Uh, yeah, a lot of people did. And then someone asked us <laughs> if uh, if uh, "Circle of the Train" was a Machine Head cover. I was like. No. Yeah, they do have a song called that. I forgot about it, but I always thought of the Katy Perry song from whatever record that was on. I mean, I can totally see you pulling out a drain. Katy Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah, the circle of the drain by Katy Perry. Yeah, we. Yeah, I'm starting to lose you on the service end, but. Uh, yeah, no, we probably will never do the pop cover and the metal cover thing. That's not, that's <laughs> not our bag. Well, I mean, that would be a really interesting one to do since it's kind of a, it was a really far departure for her sonically. Uh, it was a pretty gnarly song. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Cody, thanks again for taking the time. Looking forward to seeing you in about, uh, what is it going to be about like five days? Four days? 25th, I think, is when you're here? Uh, yeah, it'll be about four days, man. Yeah, yeah awesome. Looking for sure. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your day. So that was my conversation with Cody from Wage War. Once again, they have their new record, Manic, out now. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to kind of just shoot the shit with Cody for a little bit, uh, getting to talk about some, you know, travel spots you like to eat at, um, just kind of working your way through kind of the the pandemic basically that we all went through and just kind of uh, hopefully growing as a person and, and kind of coming out the other side of it uh, a little bit better than how you went into it. I know, you know, as I kind of joked in the chat, you know, a lot of people were, you know, trying to maybe put unrealistic expectations on, on what to do through the pandemic. You know, I'm going to work out more. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to do, you know, essentially, manage this time that everyone suddenly now all has within theory. And I think that kind of maybe set some goals to where, you know, we look at it almost as a failure. If you didn't come out of it, like, you know, 30 pounds on like lost or, you know, I acquired a new skill or, you know, got to finally renovate my house or whatever. And I think at the end of the day, as long as you're kind of able to say that, you know, even if you didn't necessarily do anything in that time that you would necessarily deem productive or, or a growth that even if you kind of were able to go, you know, I realize there's some problems and I, you know, I'm kind of working on it still. I think that is still a valuable and I, I, I think that's still valuable. And I do think that that actually is an improvement versus when you were at the beginning of everything. So the fact that it sounds like Cody kind of took some time to, uh, to reflect on some of the issues uh, that he wanted to work on and uh, is, you know, seemingly doing a lot better on the other side of it, I think uh, speaks volumes to, uh, you know, just kind of the person that he is and, and the, the strength that he has as a person. So definitely want to thank Cody for taking the time and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what uh, what comes out of Cody. Um, I know it, it's kind of funny, you know, seeing him and Maddie constantly, uh, you know, obviously being neighbors and, and friends and all that kind of stuff, working together on various music. I know, you know, with the New Wage War record, I know Maddie said he kind of helped write uh, something probably with Cody. I know Cody had said when the new uh, Memphis Mayfire stuff has been coming out that, you know, he's been working with Maddie, obviously Cody working uh, with a lot of other people down there in Nashville. So 
just really interested to kind of see what uh, comes out of Cody's songwriting uh, in the near future. And maybe we'll get a, a solo record and be very interesting to see what that even sounds like. So to kind of start wrapping this episode up, if you would like to keep up with Cody, it is simple enough. It's Cody Quizstad on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with Wage War, even simpler, you can go to Wage War on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or wagewarband.com. Uh, pick up the record or CD or merch or whatever it is you would like to do to support the bands. I'm sure it would be greatly appreciated. I don't know that they're going to be doing any more touring. I don't see anything necessarily on their, their socials uh, indicating that they're going to be going out anymore. Uh, this year, they just, like I said, wrapped up that Bear 2 tour that actually, very surprisingly, um, had no canceled date. That was actually a point of uh, pride uh, from Caleb during the last set here in town uh, was the fact that they made it through the whole tour without having to cancel anything, no one getting sick, no nothing. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're, we're starting to kind of see, you know, a lot of these bands doing runs uh, and then not having any issues. So it is one of those where I'm hoping that maybe that's a, that's a huge step in the right direction to uh, being able to go see a lot more shows, a lot more bands touring, uh, international bands started being able to come here to the States and so forth and, and festival touring uh, and so forth, being able to become uh, back to what it was. Um, I know as someone who loves going to concerts, that's huge news for me. So I'm very much looking forward to those things. Um, and speaking of uh, things I love and support and all those kind of things, uh, if you would like to keep up with the podcast, it's simple enough. BruceSpeakPod.com is your landing page. Uh, we actually recently switched over where the podcast originates. It was over on SoundCloud. Now it's over on Anchor FM. Uh, so if you were subscribed over there, go to Anchor FM. Otherwise, it should be everywhere else. It always was. Uh, nothing really should have changed. But thank you for your support. I uh, also want to thank all the patrons. want to thank Sarah Schneider, Craig Kent, uh, Mark Tag for uh, subscribing and, uh, you know, keeping me uh, afloat over here with some some friends over on the Patreon side. You know, I do a lot of stuff over there, and it just makes me feel really good that uh, people are supporting what I'm doing and all the extra content over there. So for as little as a dollar, you can kind of go check out some of the other stuff we do. Uh, $3, one of the things you get access to is basically all the audio before the episodes drop. $5 a month gets you uh, all the video and everything below, and then at the $10 tier, you get access to everything as well as a uh, monthly Patreon Hangouts that we will do. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Haven't gotten to do one on the on the internet uh but i have gotten to hang out with uh, a few people in person and have some beers so uh those are always fun getting to hang out with people and just kind of shoot the shit so if that sounds like something you'd be into go over to patreon check it out and uh, last but not least, also support our podcast sponsors. Run through them again real quickly. The Bean Bastard. Head on over to beanbastard.com. Pick up some delicious coffee. I can't wait to go to Buffalo in a few months and go try some of the stuff from the source. Get to see the uh, beans as they're being hand-roasted and all that kind of stuff. Uh, on Point Palmy. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. Use our code BSP15. Take 15% off your total purchase order. And last but not least is rockabilia.com, where they have over 500,000 items in their online store. Don't have to worry about the integrity or the quality of the products because they are all officially licensed through the bands. Use our code BRUTALLY and take 10% off your total purchase order. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and I'll talk to you all next week where our guest is Johannes from Avatar. That was a good one. I'll talk to you then.